Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of The Existential Expat. I'm your host, Anita, and today I'm joined by my really good friend, Julia. Hello! <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course, of course. You can, you're can. you always welcome. Aww. If you want to come back, I mean, we haven't even started, but <laughs> if you want to come back, feel free. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, Julia. Yes. You are very interesting. Mm. Because <laughs> and I think you're also just a nice person and very interesting because of that. <laughs> but you. what's even more interesting is is actually like where, what, tell tell people where you're from and like okay. where, what what is so interesting about it. Okay, so I was born in Italy, and I lived there until I was two and a half. Um, I was born into a family of an Italian mum and a Hungarian dad. Then my parents decided to move to Germany, um, which is where I grew up since I was two and a half, and in Munich, and I went to to um, an international school, um, which gave me the opportunity of studying Italian as my mother language, which was really nice. Um, it also gave me the opportunity of learning other four languages, <laughs> which is very, very impressive. <laughs> yeah. So I speak Italian, Hungarian, German, French, and English. Um, and yeah, welcome to my life. <laughs> <laughs> Does it ever confuse you? Do you ever get confused um, whenever you speak? Like, you, do you mix up the languages? So I think this is the most common question I get asked. Um, it it gets confusing when, for example. I just got back two days ago to the UK and let's say um, my dad was on the phone and, and we would speak Hungarian and then I would have to talk to Avira who's Italian and then I would talk to Sam who's German that would confuse me because that would be within like an hour even but if there's like a, a slow transition I'm, I'm good with it. I mean the school system was like one hour you had German and the next one you had French, so we kind of had to get used to all of this. Oh yeah, good point. Because I I yeah. feel like I I struggle oh, no. <laughs> a lot. Like whenever yeah. I go back to Denmark, I'm like, oh God, what what is Danish? Yeah. And then I come back here and I'm like, oh, what is English? Yeah, and still feel like that. But you know, I've got like obviously I talk to Avira in Italian all the time, and then Vito as well, and mm. then Sam and Phoebe is German, and then I've got you guys with English. Mm. So I feel like I do have like the exercise apart from French, but I mm. do have like the constant languages which I can speak. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, it's so quite nice. You speak Italian with your mum? Yes. What about with your dad? Hungarian. Hungarian. Yeah, and we never mix up languages. My parents thought it was very important for them, for me mostly, to learn languages very well. Um, And they would also never speak, like my dad would never speak Italian to me because he would make mistakes and he didn't want me to learn his mistakes. So they also agreed never to speak German or English to me. So how, so you just learnt German by like going to preschool and school and um yeah well i i got thrown into a pool and i had to learn how to swim basically mm. because i got into a it was like a babysitter but like for all day i don't really know daycare i um, guess yeah nah, yeah just an, oh. i know what you mean yeah <laughs> i don't know the word it either. was like um, a private person mm. it was like an older couple um, and they would have, um, I think it was five of us, and they would only speak German because that's the only language they spoke. Mm. So basically, when I was two and a half until I was four, 
I just had to speak German, else I would not have been able to communicate. Mm. And that's how I learned it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. so cool. That's crazy. Do you, do you feel like your upbringing has maybe confused you a bit? Do you feel confused about mm. what your actual nationality is? Definitely. Like, yeah. I think this is the most com- like the second most common question. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Should have done where, my research. <laughs> where are you like? What do you feel part of? Mm. And the answer is European, because um, I don't feel like I belong anywhere. When I'm in Italy, I feel the fact that I grew up in Germany and I'm not as Italian. I'm not on the trends. I don't have the same slang as they do. Um, in Germany, I do have all of that, but I'm not German culturally, so I would not have gained whatever Germans do on a weekend, for example. We don't do that in our family. Mm. And whenever, whenever I go to Hungary, it's the same as in Italy. I feel like I am part of it because of the food <laughs> <laughs> and the language, but um, I don't really feel like I can, I can get behind all the trends and mm. all of it. Yeah. So you don't feel connected to one specific place? Um, yes and no. I mean, I feel like Germany is home, mm. like home, home. So I do feel more connection to that. But whenever I'm there, I still miss bits from everywhere. Cool. Yeah. yeah. European connection. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So do you think that your whole upbringing and not, you know, not knowing exactly where you would belong, do you think that's why you've chosen to study abroad? Um, I would say it definitely made it easier. As in, I always knew that I wanted to do something internationally because I just have I've had this major opportunity of learning so many languages and getting to know so many cultures that it just had to be and um, yeah I feel like I gained a lot from this it's nice yeah and the UK in general I feel like English is obviously the language that most people speak so I feel very connected to it and Mm. it makes communication easier in many ways so I feel like the choice of the UK was was easier for me. Mm. And I would not have wanted to stay in Germany or go to Italy or go to Hungary. Why is that? Um, so the teaching system in Germany is very different to here. And I did not quite like that. Mm. And for Italy and Hungary, like I said earlier, I just don't feel like I belong there 100%. Mm. And I just felt like I'll always be the one who's like from somewhere else. Mm. And I didn't want to be that person. But are you not that person? When you go to the UK, are you not that person who's from somewhere else? I am. <laughs> I am. I am. But there is a lot more people from which are not from the UK here. Mm. So compared to Italy and Hungary, there's more people from the respe- respective countries. Mm. So it would have like you would have noticed it more that I'm not from there. Yeah. If that makes sense. So do you, do you think it's important that there are a lot of international? Yeah. People. Like, it was. I would say it's the reason why I came to Sussex. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's yeah. interesting because I, when I applied, I'd actually not even taken into account that there were a lot of international mm. people here, but I'm so happy that there are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just so nice. It's just it like makes a, everything yeah. easier. Yeah. It does. It does. Yeah. Um, so do you, do you have any regrets about about studying abroad do you ever take yourself thinking like oh maybe I should have studied in Germany um yeah I'm kind of in that limbo right now Mm. because I just came back to the UK 
and I do feel like I miss home right now. Mm-hmm. But when I see my friends struggling with the German system, I'm quite kind of happy not to be in that. Mm-hmm. And I know I would not be as motivated as I am here to do my work because, um, yeah, I feel like in Germany they're just a lot more behind on media and communication studies. It's all just theory and not very... It, it just goes back in the years. It's mm-hmm. not something that today, which is what you do here. Mm-hmm. So... I do consider it sometimes, but then I catch myself thinking positively again mm. really quickly. Yeah. And yeah. Could you could you explain exactly what, what it is about the German system that you find a yeah. bit, like not good? <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically here we have seminars and lectures um, and even lectures, at least for media and communications, it's never more than 150 people in one room. And seminars, it's never more than, like, say, 30 people, but it's usually less than 20 anyway. Mm. Um, And in Germany, you basically only have lectures, and those lectures are with, like, other 800 people. Mm. And I just don't feel like it's personal. Mm. And then, yeah. But do you think that's because of the course you've chosen over here? Because you could imagine that in in the psychology, on the psychology course, it's... There, there might be like bigger lecture, uh, what's it called? Just bigger Theater. lectures, like yeah, and yeah. and more people, but um, yeah, but then you still have the seminars, which mm. they don't really do. Okay. Like they yeah. do stuff like that, but it's still with like fifty people, um, and you don't have to go, so people tend to completely not go. Mm. And my friends say it's just a weird environment, like it's not act, like it's not interactive, like they do it here. Mm. So you don't feel like you want to talk in there. And it just, like, you learn more when you don't go instead of when you go. Mm. So my friends don't really go. And it's not helpful Mm. for them. So in that case, I find our seminars a lot more helpful because you can ask questions, you can think about it, you can listen to other people's opinions on the topic and maybe change your own. And I Mm. think that's quite interesting. Do you you call the professors, like... Mrs. and Mr. Yes, yeah, it's very impersonal. Yeah, yeah, interesting, very interesting. Because yeah. I think like even did did you do that in school as well? Yeah. Okay. Because you're not. No, never. Oh, like okay. I, I don't know about if you had school uniforms or anything. No, no, we didn't either. But we would call the teachers by their first name and, oh, okay. and still do that now with lectures and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's just very interesting. That no, is, we'd call them. Um, we would use the how would you call it the polite form. The yeah, no, I know what you mean because German is so clever. That. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, because you can't really do that in English. Cause no, it would all be it's all, you and yeah, you exactly. Yeah. Um, Language. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it would be always the surname, and then we would say madam and mm. sir yeah. and all of that. So, yeah, very very different and very impersonal as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I see. So how how long did it take you to settle um, in the UK? Um, so in first year, the first term was quite horrible. I lived with people I didn't quite like, I couldn't really relate to. Um, and yeah, and then second term, I started like finding my friends and hanging out with them a lot more. And then um, in second year, um, I met James, who is my boyfriend now. <laughs> oh. um, and yeah, he definitely helped me a lot with um, 
feeling a lot more home in Brighton and in the UK in general. Mm. And yeah, and this year I've been um, like the friendships I've built in second term of last year have just become a lot stronger and solid and just better in every possible way and I'm really grateful for everyone so thank you for being my <laughs> <laughs> and my flatmate oh, thank you oh, yes. stop it <laughs> yeah well speaking of James then uh, <laughs> how how did you find dating in the UK did you find that it was any different to dating in Germany mm, uh, yes I would say so he is from a Pakistani background um, but he was born and grew up here in the UK and he's never even been there. Mm. So he doesn't really know how it works. But his parents obviously gave him some bits of the culture there. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he was quite open-minded about it, about, you know, me being from somewhere else. Um, whereas a lot of times if people don't really know other cultures, it could be hard mm. for them. Um and I was a bit scared of that, like this, mm. at first. But it turns out it's funny that I'm from another culture. <laughs> and we can just compare things. And, um, yeah, sometimes we just think about stuff. And he says something. And I say, yeah, but it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and um, Do you have an example yeah. of that? Yeah, we had a discussion today. Um, I usually say, um, you have to do this, else this happens mm. and he said yeah but that's wrong you say or else mm. and I was like yeah but that's kind of like a double you're saying it twice or else means the same thing and that's when he was like oh actually if you look at that way that's quite interesting mm. and we kind of find a lot of these things um and I think he makes everything like staying here and being here a lot easier for me mm. and because you yeah. you need to find that like I think it's very interesting that you you said that when you met him you ended up feeling more at home because I yeah. think it's it's very important once you move abroad that you either find friends or you find something that you can sort of like hold on to and go yes. to uh, in order to get that home sort of feeling, feeling yeah because otherwise it can be very like yeah difficult <laughs> but I feel like you've got the same didn't you yeah like, no hundred percent hundred percent yeah and uh, yeah definitely. <clears throat> But do you feel like when you started dating him, I don't know if you went on like dates or if <laughs> it was more like we just hang out. Yeah. Um, with the Danish dating culture, it seems a lot of the time it's more like you meet at a party, you go home, you have sex, and then maybe you'll start hanging out. Mm. Where I experienced over here, it was a lot more like, let me invite you out on a date. And oh, let okay. me, like, sort of court you a bit. And I don't yeah. know if that's just... I mean, I'm sure that, you know, other things also happen. Yeah. But it was just something that I'd never really experienced in Denmark in the same way. Okay. So yeah. I don't know if you... Have you experienced that? That there's any uh, difference in that? or Not in that way. No. But um, as in, we go on dates both here mm. and back at home. Yeah. Home being Germany. Mm. So I think a big difference for me, obviously, is that I'm not living at home anymore. Mm-hmm. So that obviously makes a difference in me da- dating someone back at home yeah. and me dating someone here. So I feel like I have obviously a lot more freedom of um, doing stuff that I want in the times I want to do them. Yeah. So I would say in the, these terms, I would say I had a lot more time to go on dates and to really like 
meet someone hmm. um, in a shorter period of time than when I'm at home and then you have just other stuff at home to do. Yeah. And, yeah. What, what, so have your parents heard about him? Yeah. Yeah, um, I told my mum, mm. um, and she's very happy for me. <laughs> That's uh, good. <laughs> yeah. But, so what, what does your mum think about the fact that you've now got a boyfriend who lives over here? Mm. Does, does she have any, like... I know that she, you said that she's happy for you, yeah. but does she have any concerns or anything? She didn't say any of them. Hmm. But she did say, like, um, that she's happy that I've got someone. Because she knows that every time I come back, it's, like, hard to settle in again. Hmm. Um, and she's happy that, um, you know, he can make this a bit less stressful and difficult and everything. Mm. Which is obviously very nice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. It makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah, of really course. Nice. Yeah. So, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. Yeah. Um, but do you have any concerns? Like, because now something that I also want to talk to you about is the fact that you're going abroad again. Yeah. Uh, going to Sweden. Yes. Uh, for like a year abroad with your degree. Yeah. Do you have any concerns of, what will happen during that now that you have James? Yeah. Even though he might go to Sweden with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, of course I do. But I also, I think with the bad things, we kind of just want to put them in a corner and just yeah. let them stay there. Mm. Um, so yeah, he he did apply to unis in Sweden. Mm. Um, so that would be obviously very nice. So we could be in the same country. Maybe not in the same city, but mm. at least in the same country. Um, however, I do not think that, like, the UK and Sweden is too far away. Yeah. Like, I think it is doable, even if we, like, we will see each other way less, of course. Yeah. But, um, I think we can work through it. Yeah, I absolutely. I really believe it. Definitely. Yeah. And do you have any, uh, like... Do you have any... I don't know if you've spoken about this either. Yeah. <laughs> I can edit this out, it's fine. But um, do you have any thoughts about, like, once you then return to the UK for your final year... Yeah. ...and you finish that, then what? I haven't thought about that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> don't mean to put any existential <laughs> no. dread on you, even though you are no. the existential expat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I haven't thought about it. Um... But in terms of, um, in terms of the relationship, it would be obviously very nice if, if he was not gonna go to uni in, uh, Sweden, then we could carry on our lives here, mm-hmm. just like we're doing it now. Yeah. Um, however, if he was back in Sweden, then I would only have one year of my degree to finish. Mm. So I feel like again, it's not very distant. We mm. can we can manage and I'm yeah. sure we will. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. I think it's also like when you know that there is a, a time limit on it. It's not yeah. like he might just stay there forever, you know. He's, yeah. He's getting a degree, okay, and you're getting a degree. Yeah. So it might only be like one year. One year. Either way. Yeah. You know? So it's it's definitely doable. Yeah. It's definitely doable. But I, I I think I remember you telling me maybe last maybe in first year mm. that you were considering like or that you you weren't planning on staying in the UK yeah. when you finish your degree. Yeah. Has that changed for you now that you met James? Um depends on many things. Mm. I 
I obviously got to love Brighton and it's just a really nice place. Um, but if if he would find like a really good job and something which gives him a really good opportunity of doing something he loves and I can find something similar for myself then I might consider well I will probably consider um staying here mm. but um if none of this was the case then I would like to move away yeah um and I know I know that James wants to move away as well mm. so we can truly find something yeah in that direction yeah well it's good that you're both in the same wavelength yeah. about that definitely yeah. definitely of course yeah because i think that's something that's been on my mind a lot like mm. whether you know like should i move back to them should i do my master's in denmark what about oh, brexit okay. like oh yeah what to do what to do but you know in, in the end of it like right now i just want to stay here and yeah then, take yeah. care from one I day also, at a time yeah i also feel like i cannot really stay in one place for too long mm. um for example if i'm not sure if i want to do a master's yet um but if i did i'm not sure i want to do it in the uk mm-hmm. um just because i like exploring new places and for two years i think it's absolutely worth it mm. um and you're so young as well like yeah literally, don't settle down <laughs> that's all i have to say don't settle down yet yeah yeah and i want to definitely explore a lot before i settle down somewhere mm. where yeah. where would you like to go um so right now i've got this big thing on wanting to move to brussels mm-hmm. because um there's a lot of EU stuff going on, a lot of international stuff going on, and I'm just interested in getting into that. And I feel like with the language knowledge I have for now, that is quite doable. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's I think that is my dream for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would definitely want to settle down in Europe. Yeah. Catch me in China or Australia in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. 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 Sounds exciting. Very yeah. exciting. Do you know? Would you want to say a year? Uh, for now, yeah. That's the plan. Uh, I could also see myself being in Denmark again. Yeah. I don't think that I would... Unless I got, like, the biggest job opportunity in the mm. whole world and it was just the best thing that could ever happen to me. Yeah. Which I don't think will happen. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um then I w- couldn't see myself moving anywhere new. Okay. I think I'm a little bit tired yeah. <laughs> of it. Because yeah. even just like... Because when I used to move, live in London and moving down here was even like a big thing for me. Yeah, of I, course. I think I like the safety of yeah. be, being somewhere a little bit more permanently now. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I'll stay in Brighton forever, but yeah. I don't, I don't know. Oh, no. <laughs> no, got you into the existential crisis. No, it's fine. I'm there all the okay, time. Okay, good. <laughs> no, no, it's no crisis over it anymore. There was, good. which is why this whole thing has started. Oh, okay. But, nice. uh, <laughs> oh, no, I know. For, for now, like, I could definitely see myself, like, staying in the UK. But, yeah, again, I'm I'm open to moving, moving to Denmark if something would happen or if Alex was like, let's, let's do it. Okay. Um, but, yeah. I'm happy here. Yeah. Quite happy here. That's so. good. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty nice. Yeah. You spoke a bit about homesickness before. Yeah. So, and and how 
James has probably helped you feel more at home. Yeah. But how, exactly how do you think, like, he's done that for you? Like, um, why? Why? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he loves me. <laughs> well, it's pretty good. He says it. Yeah. Um, but um, how, I would just say through you know make me making me feel safe in my own space mm-hmm. um which i i met him like literally when i just moved into this house and back then this house felt very strange because it was like my first week in here mm-hmm. and it was obviously like a new place and everything mm-hmm. and i feel like he made this place feel a lot more home obviously mm-hmm. flatmates as well yeah. you guys and yeah. um, it's fine it's fine um, <laughs> but you know um being comfortable in your own little bubble mm-hmm. is a lot is important as well mm-hmm. as in as well as being comfortable in the house yeah um so i think that is how he helped mm-hmm. most yeah Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense, definitely. Yeah. And I'm definitely attached to this house a lot more now. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more memories, a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. So speaking of the house, how can you can you tell everyone how we we found the house and like the more yeah. like yeah just, just what what goes into actually finding a second year student house? Okay, so it was stressful. Mm. <laughs> Um, so first of all, um, I met you mm-hmm. and Georgia on the very first day of uni. Yeah. <laughs> and about a year ago, I would say, no, it was December, I think. Mm. Um, I felt very lost because I didn't like my old flatmates. Um, so I wanted to just break free from them and look into a brighter future. And, then, <laughs> um, and so you did. Yes. <laughs> and I was obviously back then and still am good friends with Georgia and we looked into each other's eyes and we were like hey let's live together we're in the same boat mm. and then she told me that she had spoken with you about mm. the same topic as well and then that you kind of agreed to be living together mm. and then I was like okay if you guys don't mind I'd like to join <laughs> yeah. um and then um an old flatmate of mine, Rachel, she's mm. very nice, we're still friends, um, <laughs> we initially wanted to live with her as well, mm. and Sophia, a yeah. friend of yours, yeah. um, and then it turned out that these two would not be living with us in the end. So we have found Avira, who's also really nice. <laughs> Thank God. Um, yes, and I met her through fencing last year, mm. um, and yeah, and once we got a group, we had to find a house, yeah. which was, I think, the most stressful part of all. Oh, yeah. Because it involves a lot of budgeting and um, thinking through, like, various things. and yeah. Finding an agency. Finding, yes. Yeah. yeah. And God. Finding, <laughs> yeah, finding something that, you know, everyone likes mm. and that you don't have to go through too many compromises because that's obviously not nice. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and then we, we have found this really nice house Mm. um and then I think it was very hard as a as an international student to accept the fact that we could not have uh guarantors yeah and that you had to pay a lot in advance which is obviously Mm. um quite like it was a lot of money all at once you had to pay 
Yeah. Just a little disclaimer in case someone doesn't know what a guarantor is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a person who can basically sign that if you don't pay your rent, then they will pay your rent. And they usually have to be a UK citizen, a British citizen, uh, own a house and have a good job. Yeah. And as an international student, you're like, great. <laughs> yeah. I don't know one. I don't know anyone like that. Yeah. So. And so usually you have to pay like six months rent up front or a year's rent up front if yeah. you're going with an agency like we did. Yeah. And it's a lot of money. So. Yeah. I think, I think um, financially that might have been the hardest part of, of it all. Mm. Um, and then another part which was new to me this year um, was that you pay rent monthly so mm. you don't have just one big transaction and then oh. they charge you just once for the bank mm-hmm. with the you know the exchange rates yeah but now they charge us each month yeah which is a lot more expensive for us mm. um so yeah i think this was obviously part of um learning like adulting i guess yeah <laughs> um but still it's it's financially a lot more expensive still yeah 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 but going back to like when we found our little group yes did you besides like talking to Rachel what was what was your expectations of of finding a group did you did were you nervous about it were you were you sure that you would find someone or were you like panicking uh no I had enough confidence that I knew I would find someone um and I was not um yeah I knew I would find a group and obviously like if you live together you get to know the people better so Avira for example we didn't really know her but now we know her quite well yeah. and it just fits perfectly I think I think and yeah. yeah I I was worried obviously at first because mm. we had never lived together mm. all of us but I feel like even just us being international Georgia's a um is not the case, but she still fits in really well. Yeah. But like the three of us being international, I think it helps a lot as well. Mm. We, for example, I was sick, but the plan was to have a Christmas dinner, which was very international, mm. and I think that was a really nice idea of mixing all our con- cultures together and compare them. Yeah. In a way. I can't believe you missed out on my rice pudding. I'm sorry. Honestly, <laughs> best thing in the whole world. Yeah. If you haven't had it, Danish traditional Christmas rice pudding called Rieselamang. It's just so good. So yes. good. Look up the recipe, <laughs> make it, eat it, be happy. I have a suggestion. You mm. can make it for my birthday. Oh. <laughs> but that would be wrong, you know. That would be completely wrong because it's not Christmas. Okay. If your birthday was on the 23rd of December or something, sure. But... Maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't uh, know. It isn't. <laughs> can't, oh, yeah. can't trick me. And you'll be abroad next year anyway. So. But not this year. Oh, yeah, Christmas. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, I'm losing brain you okay? <laughs> Bear with me. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so you said that you lived before with people that you didn't like. Do you have any advice on how to deal with that? If you, if you live Ooh. with someone who you genuinely just really can't deal with <laughs> um yeah you've got your own room and mm. just make that little room as homey as possible and just in in for me at least it took a lot of planning ahead as in what am I going to eat and what times so I can avoid kind of the people I didn't really want to mm. see or engage with 
which is obviously a lot of a lot of stress I put on myself. However, I knew that this extra stress would make me happier. Mm. Um, and then um, in second semester, for example, I used to find ways of being at home as little as possible, which meant to keep myself very busy. So I wasn't thinking about my living situation. Mm. Um, and I was with people that I knew that liked me and I liked them as well. Mm. Um, and in the end, it was just a year. Mm. And while I was in it, in the situation, it was not nice. But now I can just think back and laugh about it. Yeah, it's so, a good story in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good story. And a lot of fun things happened in mm. the house anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it, went pa- it went by really quickly yeah. in the end. Yeah. yeah. I think you can always try to, like, sit down with everyone. I know that you were in a bigger apartment, but yeah. I live with, like, six we were six people in total and what we we should yeah exactly it's a (laughs) bit of a difference yeah but i think what we should have done would be like make rules of like when someone washes the dishes or like cleans or anything because in the end i think no one really did it in my flat so it just ended up being really disgusting and then i got upset but didn't do it anyway because i was a little bit like oh well i don't want to do it if no one else is doing it yeah and then it just became even worse than that yeah so i think sitting down making like some sort of agreement of like what it is that you're expecting yeah and then from then on like just try and have a good conversation of like yeah what like if someone doesn't do their job then be like can you please do it yeah Yeah. um we obviously did that Mm. um oh okay (laughs) yeah completely ruined that we had no we had a lot of conversations in general Mm. um and at least in the UK, you've got an RA, a residence advisor. Um, and if you don't find yourself, if you don't find that you're in a good situation with your house and everything, you can always talk to them about your your issues and they will try and help you with it. Um, mm. And in my situation, I would say it was definitely helpful because um, the people were not really listening to what I was saying, as in... Mm. I was really just asking to wash their mugs. Like, mm. it's no big deal. It's yeah. just doing your job. Um, however, if it was someone with a bigger authority, it had, like, a bigger effect on them. Mm. So I would definitely say, as an advice as well, to seek help if yeah. you need help. Yeah. And and you, you can also, if things are really, really bad there are chances that you can move oh yes as well i know that yes. we had a we had an exchange student come in because a guy dropped out um from our flat uh or dropped out of uni and then moved away and then after january last year he well a, a girl came in and, and lived there for like a month but i don't think she liked it very much unfortunately uh and she moved to another another yeah. house which was good for her you yeah know? and i did i barely got to speak to her but uh, yeah so, so there is always that option as well. Yeah, of course. Um, which I think is quite important because you can end up in something that you just really don't like. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. You can remove yourself from that situation, of course. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for everyone's mental health. Uh, just, yeah, definitely. <laughs> just <do it. laughs> definitely. I think, um, now that I'm thinking about it, um, having Rachel, um, so... To give context, I lived with t- 10 boys and one other girl. 
um, which was something very new to me because mm. I'm an only child and yeah. I didn't really have this experience of living with many people. Um, but I have found Rachel um, being a person who was a lot like me and she felt the same kind of way about the rest of the flatmates. Mm. Um, so I would also say find yourself people you like and mm. surround yourself with the people you like as much as possible mm. um, so you can yeah. kind of push away the bad feelings yeah. from you. And yeah. yeah, I think that's true. But it's also interesting because with my flat, it was... I really liked the people. I yeah. thought they were really nice. I just think that we all had different expectations. Yeah. Of what, and we never got to sit down and actually talk about it because no one wanted... I mean, I, I'm so scared of conflict. <laughs> yeah. you know, I just I just didn't want to do it. And, and maybe we, should, we just should have done that from yeah. the beginning and then we would have had a bit of a nicer atmosphere, I yeah. think. Um, but yeah, definitely. But yeah, then... As you said, like find people that you like and then go live with them in second yes. year because that does help. It a does lot. help, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But. It's a lot better now, and I'm just happy. And yeah, there is no anxiety involved in anything I do in here, and that it's just healthy mm. as an environment. And I think a home should be healthy, obviously. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, on that note. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It was very fun. Good. I'm happy <laughs> you think so. You've been listening to The Existential Expat.